this one into the night. Jimmy Rollins is going to try for three. Here he comes. In the air, down the right field line. Way back there. On an RBI hit by Mitchie Poole. Here's the throw to the plate. It's in the air. He is. Oh! The 0-2 what is going on everyone welcome back to the phillies nation podcast i'm your host ty dobbert coming at you with another episode during the national league division series phillies and braves tied one to one recording this just after game two of the nlds the phillies split these first two games in atlanta game one they, they hold on at the end. The offense has a big day. Game two, they're shut out. And as the story's always been, at least in the back of everyone's mind, the defense lets them down a little bit. Everyone knows that's one of their weaknesses. And at least a key play a little bit later into the game, it, it costs them as they ultimately lose to Kyle Wright and the Atlanta Braves. As always, I have my co-host, Nathan Ackerman, to join me. Nathan how you feeling after this game two loss as the Phillies sit there one and one in this five game series? I am feeling like I don't know why we must argue whether it's at least they split games one and two and they should have won game two. Like, is it just me or are those both obviously so very true? The only thing you can argue about is which of those two clauses you should lead with. But like, yeah, it, it's a good thing that they split. They would be kind of screwed if they didn't split. They also should have won game two because if Reese Hoskins makes that play in the sixth inning and Bohm drives in the run in the second, there's your one run. It's probably all you were going to need with the way Zach Wheeler pitched. The way the bullpen's been, like you're, you're, you're feeling pretty good about one run holding up. Yeah, they should have scored some runs that game, but also – they shouldn't have allowed any runs that game. So it's kind of a tough place to be. Game one was awesome. That was that was cool, fun game. I am kind of worried that now they're going to have to win one, potentially two, out of a falter Syndergaard piggyback and a Ranger Suarez, probably maybe Zach Wheeler on short rest versus Max Freed, who will no longer be on like nine days rest in Atlanta game five. So they're going to have to win one of those two games. If they can't get it done game three, they're going to have to win both of those two. It's not like perfect place to be in, but also again, it is true. They should have won game two. At least they split. It's still up for grabs for sure. They have home field now. Could be worse. Probably should be a lot better. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I think, you know, it's just the way it goes with this kind of thing. I think if they lose the Ranger Suarez versus Max Freed start, as people probably expected, and then win the Wheeler start, you feel a lot better about splitting if you're pulling for the Phillies, I think. I think, I think maybe. I was thinking about that, too, after they lost game two. But also, like, I, so the reason I'm not sure I agree with that is I think the fact that they led at some point, the fact that they were up one game to none, like probably gives them some, some confidence, just like with the knowledge that, Hey, they at one point led a series against the 101 win Braves. Like there was a point when they were ahead, they had, you know, the upper hand, they were in the driver's seat, yada, yada, yada. Like that, that might make them feel good that they were able to win game one, go in there into that park where, you know, the, 
stadium was packed. It was rocking. And they were able to win that game. I think just like the fact that they were able to see that they had a one to to uh, no games lead like might help. Also, this team, like I, I get why you feel like the momentum, why one might feel like the momentum is fully with the Braves. I'm not really like worried about that from a Phillies perspective because I think they tend to turn things around pretty quickly. And I think in, in the playoffs, despite game two, they've been playing generally pretty free baseball for most of October. And I think that they're going to have, you know, the bank's going to be packed. It's going to be super loud, all those kinds of things. And the off day is going to help. So I think that that kind of offsets it from their perspective. I'm just more concerned that the Braves are going to use that as a springboard and be like, oh, Acuna got hit. Obviously not, you know, wasn't trying to hit him, but he got hit. Then they scored three runs. They're the champs. They know how to make those kinds of mistakes hurt. Like when when Hoskins let that ball go through, you knew it was going to be more than just one run in the sixth there. So I'm I'm not worried it'll like get to the Phillies heads. I do think the Braves are going to use that as kind of a springboard because they know how to do that. They won the World Series last year without their best player. Yeah. Uh, I guess my argument there is not exactly from like the team perspective, but I guess as someone like if you're someone who's pulling for the Phillies here, I yeah. think that the reason like this outcome feels a little bit worse is when they win game one, I, I think it's easy to make the jump. But what if they have a chance to lock this up on Friday? Like the yeah. first home game back, what if they can just lock it up? And I, I think it's easy to make that jump before game two even happens, uh, especially when it's Wheeler on the mound, even if he's facing Wright, who uh, had a very good season and shut the Phillies down today. I, I just think like it's it's almost impossible not to have that thought. And I think, you know, they, they have they go in and win these home games and they're, they're going to be moving on. But. The, the fact that it's like, all right, well, they at least have to, they can't sweep it anymore. Um, where pe- I think that probably crept into people's uh, minds a little bit. And now it's not a possibility, which makes it kind of disappointing. Yeah. And it's, it's nice to reclaim home field. Like it's nice that, that the split earned them home field, but doesn't it also feel like they kind of like, yeah, they have more home games left than do the Braves, but also that really only comes into play. If you win both of those games at home, if you don't, then the Braves get home field for the biggest game of the season, game five. So it's like, yeah, they, they're going to get two out of three at, at home, but you really, really want to avoid that fifth game on the on the road. That would be a, a tough one. I do also think it's kind of hard to beat the Braves twice in a row at any for sure, point. For sure. And now the fact that it's played out this way, like you can win the series without necessarily having to do that. It would require them winning a game five on the road and game three, obviously, as well, too. So there's kind of only one path for that. But it just feels like that's a t- that's a team that doesn't really lose two straight games, especially in October, and that would have been hard to do. Maybe that helps them. It's all it's all weird because like you're trying to grapple psychologically with the fact that it should be two zero. At least it's not zero two, and the series is really up for grabs. There's a number of different ways you can think about it, but the bottom line is it's a best of three and whoever wins two yeah. games before the other wins two games is going to go to the NLCS. Yeah, exactly. It, and I think. You're in a spot where if you if you told people, if you told even I think the Phillies would take this, you split you you split one 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 in Atlanta and you have Nola on the mound the way he's been pitching lately. Have Nola on the mound on Friday uh, with a chance to go up two one and another game at home coming up. Like I, I think everyone 
I think everyone involved probably takes that. Um, like I said, the way that Nola has been pitching the, his last two starts, I, I think you, you, you more than live with that. I think you, you're pretty content with that and they're in a good spot, even, even with a disappointing loss where in a couple of ways, they didn't look very good. Yeah. And you also, for the Phillies, it's like you, you kind of just want to shorten the series as much as you possibly can, because let's be completely honest. Do you think that they're a better team than the Braves? No, right? No, no, no not no. on the whole. So, um, no. so if you can split the first two, then you feel good heading home. If you can split one of those two, yeah, game five on the road is tough, but it's easier to win one game than it is to win three out of five or four out of seven or, you know, yeah. seven out of 13. So from that perspective, it's just like survive until you can pounce. But yeah, obviously you're feeling better up 2 0. There's no surprises there. Yeah, it's just the the way <laughs> going off game two in the ways that that game one offensively that you all the all the positive takeaways the way the way that they pounced on on Max Freed um pretty much from the jump they didn't homer but they, like they weren't hitting homers but the offense as a whole looked really good uh, I think game two kind of highlighted. Um, the big issues where going forward, you're kind of uncertain about about the lineup as a whole. Kyle Schwarber and Reese Hoskins have not looked good in the playoffs so far. Uh, Bryce Harper hits a big double in game two after um, you know some of his moments. You think back to the to the Cardinal series, hits the home run where he he's looked solid. But other than that, you have some key spots not really giving you much. Um, you Got a really good game from Edmundo Sosa in game one. He doesn't play game two. Bryson start Bryson Stott starts. Uh, he's looked a little shaky. It's like I, it, you're in a good spot, but I just think there's a ton of uncertainties moving forward. And the same applies for the bullpen that Eflin looked a little bit shaky. Brogdon didn't look good in game one. And you know, no issues in no real issues in in game two. You know, they give up three runs as a whole. They got a good start out of out of Wheeler, but it's just there's a lot of uncertainty moving forward. That doesn't mean like they can't put it together. They could look good, um, like they have at different times. But there's no there's not like a ton of players other than uh, like Wheeler and Nola where it's like you're really confident or aspects of the team. I I guess I want to say where you're like really confident. And even though they're hot as a whole, I think you like game two makes you feel like, oh yeah, like here's how it could come crashing down because when they're not all clicking, like stuff can look kind of ugly. So I don't know. It's just, I like you said before, it's you're kind of like trying to wrap your head around a lot of different things and ways to feel. And I think that's like, how it goes in the postseason. And I, I guess for people who cover the Phillies and follow the Phillies and are fans of the Phillies, this is something they haven't had to think about in a long time, like the dynamics of the different parts of a, of a playoff series and how they can swing. And I don't know, I, I guess we're just trying to, to grapple with that a little bit. Yeah, no, the, the, the game two offense didn't look good. Hoskins also flied out to the warning track. Castellanos Harper in the some inning fourth or fifth inning something like that they hit back-to-back balls off of right yeah. to the warning track in like straightaway center field you had 
uh, Gene hits like a, you know, a ball off the wall that could have been a homer instead. It's, it's, it's a single right in the seventh inning, eighth inning, what they all just blend together for me. Yeah. But the, like the, the point is they scored no runs on three hits. It like felt more encouraging than that. The part that I think I like the, the worst part of the game from an offensive standpoint is that boom in the second inning couldn't get that, that run home from third after Harper hit a leadoff two bagger and then Castellanos lined out to move him over to third. Like that's a game where in hindsight, you score that run the way uh, Wheeler pitched. If you, if yeah. you, if you score that run in, in the, in the second and hot and make that play in the sixth, like you're up one Oh going into the seventh, you're feeling pretty good. I yeah. guess if and you want to look at, yeah. If you want to look at like a silver lining, at least, at least once the Braves scored that first run, they scored two more to kind of make it not a game. And then you just threw uh, Bilotti and Syndergaard the last two innings. So there were, there was talk about, oh, you know, if you're in a spot, if it's tied or close late, you use your guys, you go for the kill game two. Even if it means you kind of have to punt on them game three, they lost. You obviously want to win that game and you do want to be in the spot where you can go for the kill if you can. At least they lost it convincingly and you know clearly enough that they didn't have to use any of those guys and they should all be full goes for game three yeah which is especially important because i guess we haven't touched on this on the podcast um it was a day after we recorded that we found out that david robertson is not in this series i think everyone listening knows by now but david robertson not here in this series because he uh Hurt his calf celebrating Bryce Harper's home run in the wild card series. Just one of the more absurd injuries and unfortunate ways to go down that I can remember at least. But it just makes like it it makes all of these bullpen decisions and all of the the different you know the available availabilities and the intricacies of of the usage just a little more difficult and everything has to be a little more precise and the top guys are going to get worked a little bit longer than they would have to. And I, I think a guy that you're confident in right now is Sir Anthony Dominguez, the way that he's looked his last two outings, you're still confident in Jose Alvarado and those guys at home. I, I think moving the series back to Philly to, for their the first playoff game in the city since 2011, I think those are the two guys that you really trust right now, especially after Eflin hasn't looked very good. And they're going to be the ones they're going to be fresh coming off rest. Like you mentioned, and they're the ones that they're going to get all the big spots and I, they could go back to back days even, and maybe multiple innings. Um, but those are the two guys that you trust going forward and they're going to need a lot out of them. And yeah, at least you got a little bit of rest for them, even if you could take anything out of the out of the loss. Are you changing up the roles a bit? Like, are you moving? I guess the big the big things I'm asking about in the pen are like, do you move Eflin out of the ninth? Do you move Sir Anthony into the ninth inning role? Or do you keep him in the highest uh, leverage spots? And then in, in the lineup, you were talking about maybe they should play uh, Edmundo Soso over Stott at, at short. Or like put Gene at short and Sosa at third. However, you want to do that. There's also talk about like, do you put Sosa at third, move Bohm to first, and sit Hoskins? I don't know if I'm quite there. Although he hasn't looked great, he did fly out to, to the to the warning track, like I said. But it it feels like there's a lot of 
you know, some like lineup tinkering, pitching role usage tinkering that are at least worthy of consideration heading into game three. Where, where are you at on those sorts of things? I think let's, let's start with the bullpen. I, yeah. I think how I would start using, uh, sir, I would think I would use Alvarado like in the highest leverage spots before the ninth, like they've been doing for the most part and use Sir Anthony more as the, the closer generally like i don't think anything has to be like super concrete if there's a spot in the eighth inning you already used up alvarado and you you in the eighth inning it's like the braves best hitters and you you want to go with sir anthony in the eighth and somebody else in the ninth whether it's eflin bloody some somebody else if you used up alvarado already like in the seventh i i don't have an issue with using sir anthony there but for the most part i think i would try to use Sir Anthony Dominguez in the ninth inning. It just looks like Eflin like isn't he he hasn't looked sharp there the last couple outings. And I think that well he's still one of your more trusted relievers at this point. A little bit of just I, I guess changing the the order a little bit. It, it like changing uh the order in which you trust them or would go to them could be shifted a little bit. And then... Yeah, I would agree with that. I know Rob, Rob Thompson was saying he likes Zach Eflin's sort of calm mindset on the mound for the ninth inning. Fair. Yeah, but the, I, the mindset I, doesn't I matter like... if you can't miss any bats. Exactly. The way he's been I, pitching lately. Exactly. I also like 99 with a wipeout slider. So yeah. I think there's got to be some give and take there. I, I am I am not taking Hoskins out of the lineup at this point. I thought he squared some balls up in both of these games pretty nicely the results haven't been there but he has been he has gotten close i think so i'm not i'm not ready to to do that there what i am ready to do is maybe this is a little bit of a bold move but i th- i think i'm ready to just make edmundo sosa the the shortstop for for right now as long as he's gonna look good if he throws up a clunker of a game and maybe it may be like his hamstring doesn't feel fresh because he is coming off an injury you go back to Stott. Um, but but as of right now, I think because even in the game he started, Sosa looked good. I think believe he got a sack fly against a righty after starting and doubling off Freed, uh, a lefty. I, I just think he's good enough on against both handedness. And he's I think he's a better defensive shortstop than Stott right now. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Sosa brings brings a lot of energy. He's playing well. I think that he should just be playing shortstop right now. Yeah, I don't I don't hate that take. I think you're right. I think like there's at some point you have to throw the handedness out the window and just say Stott hasn't looked great at the plate against righties or lefties. And what are you getting yeah. out of that spot if you can't hit either? So yeah, well said. Yeah. Um I guess game we can touch on this. This is gonna be a short pod. It's yeah. it's late. We're recording right after the game. It's mid series, so not a ton to take away we can we just kind of touching on the basics getting a quick feeler out for for how everyone how, how we're thinking and so everyone can listen in kind of get these mid-series takes uh, i guess um for how to feel before it it goes back home nick cassianos after yeah. i questioned whether he should even be on the roster had a great game one which um, by the way was a fair question of course like, completely fair in fact if if 
this is what I wrote about on the site. If you if he didn't have the name, the contract, or the the history, like he's not on the roster, probably. Like from the numbers side at, at the plate in the field, like he hadn't done enough. I I I'm I'm not saying I would have left him off of the roster. Like I think there is something to the name and the contract and the track record. It worked out. So yeah, yes. you weren't yeah. wrong. And yeah. I was also right in that he was probably going to make me look really dumb right away. And he did with three hits in the first game and made that sliding catch in right field that probably ended up saving the game. I think they would have likely imploded if that got by him. It like probably would have been a triple or an inside the Parker just based like if it got completely by him. Um, and then well, the next guy was homering anyway, so it didn't matter whether it. Yes. Yes. So I'd, uh, it, it just, just the way way things go in the in in the playoffs, I guess that if he's gonna obviously not as good in game two, but if they're gonna get more out of that spot than they had been for most of the season, like that's a, a pretty big win. And if he's gonna look like he did in game one, that's uh, an even better, an even bigger win. Just if he's anything close to like the track record, like like you had said, that's uh, it's what they're gonna need if if they're gonna pull off this this series upset and i know we i know we both kind of mentioned how they probably should have won game two and should have been like should be up 2-0 but this would be an upset if they pulled off because the braves are really good and they're gonna need like all they can get phillies yeah was it not exactly what we talked about on monday when we previewed the nl uh division series about how castellanos i look okay i was off i said i said he's gonna hit some big homer that feels them to a win and he didn't homer but he had a huge game that was the reason why they won like they don't win that game without him and we were talking about how it's the time of year where one game like that one play even can change a player's whole you know favorability among the fan base and when he goes back for game three you were saying there's a chance that he get booed you were right now there's a chance he'll get the loudest ovation out of out of all of them. So it would be nice if they can get that back. In game two, he went over over something, over two with a couple walks, or let's see, over three. But again, he flied out to the warning track in like straightaway center field. So he had good swings. He looked fine. That's a bat that they're gonna need, especially once again, if uh, you know, you're not gonna get anything out of the one-two spots in the lineup. Real, real quick, real quick. I'm probably not the first one to have this take, um, but if they put in Dalton Guthrie to play right field in game one, he probably makes that catch standing up, not having to slide. He probably just catches it, catches it on the run. But uh, it was a 55 percent catch, uh, you know, likelihood or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Maybe it was a nice right. catch though. He's not he, like he doesn't catch the first ball, the one that went over his head. I don't think anybody catches that ball. No, no. But the the sliding catch, like for it was a great play, like for someone who just like isn't naturally a, a very good outfielder. Like they needed that from yeah. from him. It was a great effort. Um, all right, series moving back to Philly. Like like you like we went over everything the the way that they play like is can can change a lot if they happen to win this series like the big moments this stuff that, that's a that good gets... take that is a good take the way they play can change a lot no it the way that certain players play in these in these games and if they they go home and they happen to take this series 
like Cassianos playing well in the beginning, it just for individual players, if they come up in the big moments, like it, it changes how they're viewed uh, yeah. by the fans. It, it changed, it kind of just like defines their tenures a little bit, um, which will be cool. And it'll be a, a cool scene on Friday and Saturday now um, guaranteed. It's going to be going to be cool to see playoff baseball back in citizens bank park. I guess before we wrap this up, any, any thoughts or predictions for let's stick to Friday's game as, as they return to Philadelphia. So I think Friday's game specifically. Okay. I'll tell you where I'm at in the series. I think if Spencer Strider can pitch and by pitch, I mean a regular start, like at least five innings. I probably give the Phillies 40% confidence to win it. If he can't, I'm at like 55, which I guess if you average those out too, I would still pick the Braves at this point. I think a lot of it hinges on whether he's able to pitch because if he's not, then you have uh, Nola versus Charlie Morton game three, probably seems like a, big edge for the Phillies there, especially coming yeah, back the Phillies, home. I think that'll the help. The Phillies hit Morton hard if pretty the Phillies hit Morton pretty hard in their last uh their last time facing him, if I remember correctly. And they don't hit Strider hard because nobody does because he's disgusting. Yes, so if now if Spencer Strider can pitch and he dominates and there's not really anything that they can do and they lose game three then, like I said, you have to win a falter Syndergaard piggyback start and either Ranger Suarez, who's been bad the last two times out, or a short rest Zach Wheeler against Max Fried, who this time will not be on nine days of rest. So, And that'll be on the road. So to win both of those games will be tough. If they can get behind Nola game three and take that, they're looking good. It obviously isn't a guarantee or anything like that, but Game three probably like definitely decides the series if the Phillies lose it, if they win it, probably likely decides the series, but I'm not quite gonna rule out the Braves. I I I kind of think I, I think that they're gonna win on Friday. I think they're gonna win game three. I think Nola's gonna ride the momentum of his last few, and it's gonna be a huge, raucous crowd behind him. And I think it's gonna be going to be a memorable memorable afternoon evening of baseball but i still i kind of feel like for the reasons we laid out the pitching matchups it kind of feels to me like the Braves will end up taking this yeah. in 5 games even after the even even if nola can can win i did one. i did say monday i said the phillies i think are going to be up 2-1 and then lose in five so i'm going to stick with that i still think they'll be looking good if they can win game three that doesn't mean i think they'll close it out so i'll stick with that because why not but again i think a lot of it hinges on whether spencer strider can pitch which can i just say i think he's going to pitch like i don't have a source i'm not in the Braves clubhouse or anything but if he was lo- like unlikely to pitch i feel like they would be a lot more oh, I don't know. It's not looking too good. We're going to try to push him back a day and maybe to get him in there. But they're doing this whole, yeah, we're going to have to see. You know, he threw, he felt he felt okay. We're going to try to get him back. Like he's going to get, He, I think he pitches. Probably not seven innings, but I think he goes at least four. I'm still, I, I'm still up in the air. I don't know what the deal is with him right now. 
but I yeah. guess we'll we'll have to see with that one. The other thing I think will help the Phillies is it'll be nice to go home. They haven't played a home game since September 25th, which was three more than, sorry, two weeks ago. That'll be two weeks and one, two, three, four, five days. So they've been playing a lot of games on the road. I don't know if that is what factored into the game two miscues or, you know, well, miscues, but it'll be nice for them to come back home apart from just the fact that that place will be rocking more than it's rocked in the last 10 years. Yeah. All right. I think that's a good way to wrap it up. Phillies one and one with the Braves in this five game series, NLDS playoff baseball, moving back to South Philadelphia on Friday and Saturday should be a fun one. We'll have all the recap for you after this series. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll talk to you next time.